Hello everyone! Welcome to the Sweaty Casuals, brought to you by the Snowflake Sanctuary Discord server. This is a podcast where we talk about the A to Z of games we love to play, and the state of ranked games to our thoughts and the newest sensations and everything in between. My name is Zach, and along with my co-host, Nox, we will be your guide as we traverse Elo Hell. Small reminder, we do swear, so viewer discretion is advised. Today, we have Jimmy, uh, also known as Twin Humanities, good friend within the Discord, who has been playing the game for 13 years. Got Taken Tacos coming back, who's a newer age of people starting to play the game. We also have Paradox Muse returning, who has been an analyst for professional and semi-professional league teams in Europe, Australia, and Turkey, and a Tier 2 coach in the League of Legends sphere. They're going to be joining us today to talk about why League has kept its steam for all these years and the significant changes coming to the game for this season. Uh, for our icebreaker today, uh, our question is, what peripheral computer peripheral have you broken while playing league fuck you guys for asking this question that was oh, so yeah. fucking targeted fuck you, you guys. go first bro <laughs> this is my replacement mouse <laughs> um uh yeah don't buy a wireless mouse you need something to anchor it to your desk when you decide to just fucking 180 and just shuck that bitch by the way a mouse is stronger than drywall um <laughs> It'll still break the drywall and the mouse. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah, you know, I know. Uh, a mouse being th- pitched at forty miles an hour, though, at drywall in pure testosterone-induced anger, is pretty cool when it explodes. It's a real, it's a real uh, guy dinner kind of moment. <laughs> so I can't say that I've broken anything per se playing League. But I did have the uh, unique experience of being on call with Taco while he did that. Um, We were actually in the middle of a game, not at the end. Uh, We were in the middle of a game, so we didn't have a jungler for the rest of the game. For a few minutes Uh, until I get a spare mouse. Okay, for a few minutes. Um, Oh, I may have watched that game actually, I think about it. (laughs) Yeah, that was at the end of a long night, and I treasure that memory. And will relentlessly make fun of him for it listen it's 2024 <laughs> we're coming in it hot <laughs> yeah I, I don't think i've broken anything i don't i just uh i just take a take a step back and don't thrash my shit <laughs> well it helps Fair when action. you're uh what's your mastery on Chaco? seven seven what how many points? Oh, seven. Sorry, points. Sorry. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, I think that also starts with a seven. Your mastery score? No, it doesn't. No, no. Do no. Uh, well, I mean, uh, uh, if I've been playing League long enough, when they had it, it would be a lot higher. But with the new mastery increase, it's been uh, it's almost three hundred thousand. But for a casual player, it's not not too bad. It depends, you know. I will say yeah. I haven't broken anything, but I have gone through mice at a higher rate because of just like clicking. the nervous clicking that everyone yeah. gets in league where you're like, oh, if I just up my clicks per second, like I- I'm going to obviously, you know, do better. Right. Mm-hmm. In the game. Just that, is that like, true. Do I need to do that? Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Or like uh, people talk about that. If you play like Scion, you hold your Q like harder and you press your pinky down harder, like because it's going to deal more damage. Right. Like, right, so right, it's, right, right, right. Yeah, I'm yeah, already that's... nervous. Click. It's something I've been trying to break, but yeah. At, at least we figured out how to get better at the game. For for me, it's podcast the over. Clicking. Yeah, I think <laughs> I. Bye, guys. <laughs> click in... more. 
that amount of time, I think I've gone through like four mice in like 13 years. You know what I mean? Just like killed the mouse because I've clicked too much. I've gone no. through more mice just playing video games in general. Yeah, well. <laughs> Maybe well, when you I'm rage, kill some of them. I mean. Listen, that was the that first mouse up. I've rage killed. I don't believe you. <laughs> um, I don't play League, so I'm actually going to be playing a lot more hosts today, but I have gone through quite a few peripherals. Uh, not because I'm uh, taking out an anger, but between using my computer for my day job and using it for gaming, you do kind of just go through things. So I know uh, Paradox got a few of my hand-me-downs, and there were some caveats. Uh, granted, the mouse still worked fine. It was just heavy as all hell. Yep. Um, however, what's I, your favorite caveat that you gave it gave one over with? Oh, the it was more the keyboard. The keyboard I think had had one broken key, if I recall. Um, which it was not the first key that snapped on there. Uh, I just I pressed enough keys where they were starting to go. Um, Corsair stuff does break eventually. Yes, it does. Um, and I also I think I gave that mo- biggest reason I gave that one up was because they actually stopped supporting it. Lame. Yeah, well, I bought it used, and I needed uh, that had uh, it had G row of keys, so you know you have your F row. It had a mm-hmm. G row, and it had an additional eighteen. Eighteen G keys. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, and then I also had the twelve buttons on the side of the mouse, so I was you know geared up. Yeah, that's what I got. I got the twelve buttons one. What is this? Same. It was so hard to learn how to play League with that mouse. Nox remembers my time getting over I that. Just rebind it to the keyboard, making it harder on yourself. No, uh, I I got <laughs> it down now. I got it I'm down. My good. first real mouse was a Naga Hex for that reason, because I played so much League and it, you know, that was the MOBA mouse and that was what it was titled as as the time. And it was a rate. It was like all red and red's my favorite color. So, uh, yeah, like that was really, really fun using the buttons and like making sure I use the buttons, but now I'm kind of spoiled. I have to have something with the side buttons now. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it's, you know, I can't play. So, yeah, it was definitely a whole conversation to be had there. Maybe we will <laughs> talk about that in a future episode. Cause I would imagine we all have pretty, uh, specific peripherals at this point. Let's kind of get into our main topic for today. Um, so why don't, uh, the four of you just go around and just talk about, what got you into League, and why you're still playing it. Um, Jimmy, let's start with you. Sweet. Uh, what year was that? 13 years. Yes, yes, like 2011. I was like 11 or 12 years old, and I was like, I want to play PC games so bad. And so I went on my grandma's computer from like 2004, and I was like, I want to play a PC game because that's super cool. And I was trying to figure out what what's free, what can I play on a laptop, and what can I run? And uh, it was League, and I trackpad it. I I would play on a trackpad for my first few first few months before I actually got my computer, because um, I just thought that the PC freedom playing a game of like a MOBA was beyond what Xbox could have. So um, I got into that and got hooked. I have a photo on my phone from like I think the first day I got it was like I'm playing computer games now. Um, that was like the first kind of like dopamine hit where I was like, this kind of fucking sick. Uh, and then I just stuck with it. I trained my younger brother um, for 
I guess you know you guys know snoozing. He still plays this game, um, and I trained him when he was six years old. So now he's eighteen. So we both been playing this game for a very long time. But why do I keep playing it? I have no idea. Probably because everyone else plays it, and I I just uh, kind of master Uguay my way through the game and help people as they go along. So how about you raised a panda? Who? You. Me? Yeah. Right. Uh I got in the I played the game for the first time back in like 2016, probably like 2015. Um played a couple of games. It was all right. It was like my first time playing PC games, but I was more of like a FPS guy. And then back in like February of last year, and a buddy was like, I want to play League. And I was like, okay, I'd be down to give it a try. And then something just clicked. And now the game clicks with me. And uh, uh, I've gone too far with it. Um, why I still play it? Myth to me. Yeah, I, I have taken a, like a month hiatus on it right now because I overplayed the hell out of it last year. Um, Briar was too much fun to put down. But other than that, yeah, the skins have spent too much money on it, so now I feel like I'm in debt Overly to the invested. game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Spent a lot of money on this game. It's kind of sad. But also I know I understand how like the the mechanics and how like the shop works and how to get more champions and stuff like that. The big seller point was when Game Pass allowed you to get all the champions. That was huge. Paradox, how about you? So I started in 2011 as well. I was playing the game a little bit, and then I honestly got super tired of it, quit uninstalled. And then in 2013, I had two buddies of mine, um, you know, one that I worked with, one that was just a close friend, and they were like, hey, you should play League. And I was like, oh, you know, I used to, but, you know, I, I've, I've quit the game. I had another friend who said it, and then finally I don't even remember like where I was and somebody else had like brought up the game itself. And I was like, all right, fine. It, it's time. Let me redownload it. And then from that moment, um, I've just continually played the game. Right. Um, so I fell in love with it. I found that like when I took a secondary look at the game itself, I found that like I liked the um, analytics side of it and yeah from there i've continually played it since yeah so i kind of similar to tyler i didn't play it as early um but i was coming off of last year early last year my pc was finally up and working if people listen to the old podcast they know that was a struggle but my pc was finally up and working i was playing overwatch it was great until overwatch was not great anymore and I was getting really tired of it. And Tyler had mentioned that him and a few of his friends, including Jimmy, who's here, um, were starting to play League again and were really liking it. And then I remember one time I was so fed up with Overwatch. It was like 2 a.m. And he's like, oh, just come do the tutorial real quick. It'll be great. Uh, fun fact, the tutorial is like 45 minutes if you play, like if you do the full <laughs> thing um, and you're brand new to MOBAs because I had never played a MOBA before this. Um, and I just kind of got hooked for the next four months. That was really all I played. Um, Jimmy mentioned kind of teaching people through the game for teaching people the game through the years. Uh, he was a big help to me. I still remember him getting really excited when I unlocked Shaco. 
and he could kind of show me the ropes on that character. Um, but I've had, I haven't played it a whole ton recently. I'm kind of on the same hiatus. Um, things like Baldur's Gate and Apex have taken over for the time being, but I've had a ton of fun with the game and much like Paradox, I do enjoy the, it's not just raw aim that wins you games. It's how do you build and how do you use the map? And it's more strategic than an FPS shooter can be in a different way. They're hard to compare, but I enjoy the, the more thinking that it takes in that when you do end up winning a game, you feel like you actually did something and that you were a little bit smarter, a little bit more strategic than the other team and maybe didn't throw your mouse at the wall. Um, maybe not. Maybe. We never know. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> how many times will I run that oh, into yeah, the ground yeah. by the end of this episode? Running into the fucking wall. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> not the only one, apparently. Uh <laughs> Um, just for context, I have barely any experience. I've done the tutorial, and I think we did a game paradox. Yeah, I think we. Far? I think oh, I yeah. played you against bots or something. I think I yeah, played we played some bots, bots or something. It really wasn't quite my thing, um, but you know. Um, I think there's a chance that it will be your thing because Apex wasn't your thing two months ago either. That is true. That that so. is you know things do change. I think you can probably ask uh, Knox and Tacos that the hardest part teaching teaching someone new to League is having them not get pissed off at the weird camera angle, the QWER, the can't you know there's no there's no third person it's not first person it's just eagle eye and the whole map dynamics of team roles. If they can stick with it for a month and a half, they can probably grind through it. Cause... Weirdly enough, most of it I was fine with. It was just the gameplay itself I wasn't loving. Really? The gameplay is kind of mm-hmm. hard. Once you, I know for me, there's a there was a long period of like not feeling like you're doing anything. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you learn, like I remember one of the things that really got me more into it is um, is uh, twin and his brother really sat me down and explained the numbers and what to look for. And now I'm screaming, "Oh my god, I did that much damage! Oh my god, I did that in one swing!" And now like that hit that damage hits now with me it's satisfying the Um, reason i quit the first time was simply because i had nobody to play with right it was a game i also didn't really have a computer at the time still in high school right like it just it wasn't a good time the second time i picked it up when i tell you that my schedule was i went to my shift at subway at noon got home at 9 p.m got on league played till 5 a.m with my buddy warren at the time right and then like woke up at 10 the next day to go to work at 12 right that was my entire summer for 2013 right like that was the big changing point for myself and then eventually i did find a facebook group that you know also was really big and dedicated and i met some of the closest friends that i have right so you need somebody to play it with Right. I think it's, you know, you see that in a lot of any of these multiplayer games. If you have somebody, you know, we have a brother, we have another friend group, we have, you know, people that just enjoy those types of games. I think, you know, even you kind of had that with Overwatch. You had somebody that you were playing with somewhat pretty consistently. And then I know when, you know, you first kind of joined this particular discord, um, you did also take off on the amount of Overwatch you played. So just having somebody there that's going to be able to enjoy that passion with you helps you a lot. The hard part is uh, finding someone that's willing to sign their name and blood to sell their soul. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really got to con them into it. Or just ignore how many red lost signs you see on your profile to teach yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you find a friend that's oh, really me. bad at seeing red flags and whoever they're dating, I... that's the person you pick to pick up League. <laughs> Especially nowadays. <laughs> no comment. Uh... <laughs> Let's get in the, into the meat and potatoes of this. So season 14 started this past year? Uh, very recently. Very recently. Okay. Yeah, yes. like in the last couple of days, right? I was going to yep. say, technically, 14.1 isn't out yet, right? It rolled yeah. at the end of the month. Well, yeah. month. So it starts okay. this year. So it's starting this year. Um, and the map is changing. Um, I'm going to pass it off to Nox so she can talk about what the devs have said is changing. And... Uh, add her own takes on it. Yeah. So Paradox was awesome enough to shoot me over a blog post from the devs where they went through the map and kind of talked about the changes that they were going to make and why they were going to make them. Um, I went through it and kind of pulled some quotes uh, and what I felt was really important and to talk about in the map changes. Um, so a lot of things that are changing, the big thing is not only gank ability, but roaming. It makes the map more accessible for more characters, and it, especially they talked about changing things for higher level. It makes ganks a little bit harder for lanes that feel vulnerable. Um, so in top lane specifically, they talk a lot about how the top laner is a really big 1v1 fight, especially early game. And the changes to the map, I believe they for sure moved. There's no more brush alongside the... Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. Blue side is the bottom, red side is the top, or am I flipped? Yeah, you got it. Okay, so the blue side, the brush along the wall is no longer there. It's now just a pixel bush in the middle. So it's a little bit harder for junglers to move through and gank from that angle. It allows more spotlight to be on that 1v1 early in game and feel less vulnerable to letting a jungler have an early lead from a gank. Um... Mid lane, they talked about how, so the bushes on the mid lane have moved back. It allows for more time for mid laners to react to ganks and junglers roaming. Um, they wanted to let non-assassin types, things like mages, shine again and feel like they had some uh, agency in terms of living within their lane because mid lane tends to be one of the easier ganks of the game because of its location. Um, for bottom lane, they talked about how visually this was a smaller set of changes, but by mirroring the map that the way that they have, which is now more equal between red and blue, um, there is a new gank pathway through the bottom red jungle, um, and they comment that it's one of their riskiest changes in the map. Um, so this obviously affects everybody, but it also, I've said this in every single lane, it affects junglers and how they path through the game. Um, ganks are a little bit harder early. There needs to be a little bit more forethought to how they enter lanes and all that good stuff. Um, I talked about a little bit in top lane, they moved some brush around. Pixel bushes are different. They also have new, new and additional entrances by things like the uh, dragons and the drakes and by Rift Herald to allow for more exciting gameplay to feel like the team that might be coming to interrupt a rift herald or a drake has more of an advantage to come in on them um they talked about how walls got adjusted added subtracted um and they kind of closed out the blog post with the, saying that while summoners rift in the map that has existed for as, as many years as it has 
that this is scary, but they're excited for the gameplay that this might change and how strategy might adjust because of it. So that's kind of my big takeaways from that dev blog post. And I understand there was definitely more. So I kind of wanted to open it up to everybody else in here and kind of think, talk about their initial reactions and how they think this might impact the game. I mean, it'll impact like minor aspects of the game at the casual level. That's what I'm kind of convinced of just kind of looking at some of these changes. Again, when we look at like what the casual level is versus the professional level, the casual level, it's mostly going to be, can you understand the game at a very fundamental level, carry yourself and not feed, right? Usually if you have somebody that, you know, they go 0 and 5, you're more likely to lose the game, right? So if they have an understanding of like how not to die, yeah, okay, you know, you'll probably not see many changes. You're going to see a lot of changes within the professional scene. Um, I know I outlined a couple of them, but I want to get other people's takes first. I, for me, I'm sure Jim will 100% agree with this. Um, I think it's going to add a new challenge to jungling, something that junglers haven't had in a while, and especially the first, you know, like 15 games maybe, depending on how skillful you are. Um, it's going to be like picking up the role again for the first time. In a lot of ways, you're, I mean, you're with the changes they made. It seems like your timing might be changed a little bit. I haven't really looked at the whole map and really like studied how I would how I would path that way. But um, ganking is definitely gonna be a big thing that like we talked about, um, as well as kind of like if your jungler is like your your shot caller for your team. Um, just going it all in on like team fights and stuff like that is going to be a lot different because I was looking at like the changes that are coming to Baron. I don't know if we've got this up later on for the podcast, but um, there we were talking about, there were three types of Barons and they all attack differently, which depending on where your team's state is, it may be a good or bad call to go for Baron after a team fight. Like if your team's heavily damaged, depending on how, um, how you want to go for, or even like trying and going and fighting for Baron and having a team fight in the pit. Like one of them is the all seeing Baron and it just closes off the front and makes a tunnel through it. And that tunnel has void damage. And so it's supposed to be like, kind of like a good, like team versus team area to fight. It's really close quarters, but um, that'll really affect things as well. That's kind of my take on it. I don't think Dragon really changed much, did it? I'm not Dragon sure didn't change that. too much. I know they changed the Infernal Drake pretty heavily, but other than that, the other yeah. dragons didn't change. I just know that uh, as of right now, the first, what, like 15 minutes of Jungler is just rinse and repeat from the last 100 games. Yeah, I don't see any really top-down changes as far as your pathing yeah. um, for most champions, but I... Oh. Looking at all the cutoffs, or what you're going to say, tacos? They they add was it like halfway through the game now? Um, all your all your buffs change, or all the jungle, um, monsters change to a void version. Just the buffs change Just to a void buffs? version. Just the buffs change to a void version. But the the key key thing with the like the void buffs is, uh, if you kill them, they work as a global buff for your team, right? Yeah. If you're last hitting them, so that's pretty significant. 
beforehand, like looking at the professional scene, you would typically, and I mean, you know, you would see this a little bit in, in solo queue and in, in some of the upper rankings, you know, typically the jungler takes their first red, their first blue, and then mm -hmm. they take their second red and give their second blue to the mid laner. And then usually right around the fourth red, they start giving that to the bot laner, right? So it was really nice where the jungler could actually secure those buffs in this most recent season and still give those buffs to the mid laner and to the bot laner, right? The ADC in this case. Now your entire team does get those buffs. I think that's a nice change. It does make it where, you know, the team, the jungler can go off and do them, right? right. Um, it does change some of the significance for the sides right where the red buff is closer on red side to the baron pit so if you're going for a baron team fight it's on your way so versus if i'm you know coming from blue side i do have to take that detour to red buff if i want to get the red buff to match you know damage between the two teams right so you have a little bit of an advantage to red side in terms of like when those global buffs hit but I think it was a change that was coming just because you saw two buffs. Now it just makes sense. Yeah. Okay. We'll just do the full team. Why not? So. Yeah. I think uh, looking at the, the new map changes um, from kind of like uh, we can go top to, I guess my thoughts from top to bottom. Um, Nox, didn't you say that the changes are supposed to kind of make top lane less 1v1? More 1v1. Oh, okay, um, they're supposed more. to they're supposed to isolate them a little bit more so that it doesn't feel like a jungler can just camp top yeah at the beginning okay. to turn the tides really early yeah that makes sense i'm about to say this seems like really like and uh kind of if the jungler's not involved in casual play or low elo whatnot a majority is like a 20 minute 1v1 and i feel like this is just going to kind of accelerate that because i feel like if you don't have a competent top lane you're going to be having your jungler flagged for not ganking, but then I don't I don't really see a whole lot of gank potential if you don't have some sort of high level of vision control or tactics of kind of like wave management. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like those those two side brushes um, at each first tier tower is kind of useless until they go down, unless you have like some some all in. Um, and then mid lane, I enjoy mid lane. I have some struggles with the jungler's perspective of entering for red side, the right side, and blue side, the left side of the tower, having that be like a avenue to escape. I know mid laners can get stuck under their tower and have no way to get out because gank junglers can pop on both sides with mid lane. So I guess that's a more of a mid lane escape or avenue um, or kind of, you know, outplay potential. But from a jungler, I don't see myself really diving under tower too much unless there's a kind of a ability to get all ins. Um, I, that could just be my boomer humor of, you know, having the old way of League be, but... Um, you're you're really going to see a rise in, like, Nocturne with this map change. I might go Assassin-heavy, but also, like, you yeah. could just get, you know, any, anyone with an all-in, which is I mean, a lot even of Chain, Chain would be a huge help to, at least, like, because it feels like the map is really nerfing um, ganking. It's really what it's aimed at. I feel like it's it's kind of um, right now. You, the like map hasn't changed in so long that if you are familiar with your jungler on the enemy team and your team, you right. can expect what to happen. But here it's just like now. I think there's kind of a fresh honeymoon phase of, oh damn, I just got ganked this way, and I've never experienced that. Like, you know, yeah, I think it'll be I, different. I think, I think that's really what's going to add to the more like 
the fun again of playing jungle. You know, so the jungle is very mathematical. Yeah, there's a concept called resource ganking, which is like you're ganking specifically to blow a summoner spell, right? You're ganking to blow a flash, and therefore what you're doing is you're setting up priority mm -hmm. for your laner, right? Right, right. You're removing a lot of the avenues that you would see in professional play to set up resource ganking, right? Mm -hmm. You're forcing characters, like you said, Nocturne and Kane, characters that can still contain those angles that there's now a wall in the way, Shaco, right? Characters with dashes that are going to have a pretty significant advantage, right? It does increase the need for mobility simply mm -hmm. because, again, there's a lot more areas that the junglers can get around and there's a lot more walls they can jump over. Mm -hmm. um, one of the big things that I did want to point out, uh, there is a concept in on the professional side of red side champions and blue side champions with the old map. Red side champions, you know, typically what you would want to see is you'd want to see safer bot laners for red side because essentially there was only one gank path that the jungler could take, right? Otherwise, the jungler is, you know, entering under the tower if they're coming in from the backside of red around the tribrush or they're just mm -hmm. coming down the river, right? Typically on red side, you could throw one ward in on the river bush and you would have a very safe lane, right? That's not the case anymore. So you're going to see a lot more dives happen from the blue team against red team on that side. That's always been something that's hard to coordinate unless you're very far ahead. So mm. what it does for the professional side is it does make forcing drafts more particular. Uh, beforehand, you would have to draft a lot more carefully. You would look at, you know, what are my actual counter spells? Like, okay, if I'm picking red side, I typically either want to like forfeit bot lane or try and get an even pick. That was essentially the goal that you would want to do, right? You know, mm -hmm. go for your counter in top and mid. Choose your solo lane to counter if you're red side. If you're blue side, you typically get the counter in bot lane because you can double pick your lane, right? And then you can, you know, either ban the supports for phase two, or you could even just, you know, if they've already picked support, they have to pick something, right? And if they're picking one of their laners, there was other, you know, uh, ideas around the, the pick phase. Mm -hmm. But here, it's going to start with very safe bot lanes you're going to see zyra cons you're going to see a varus you're going to see a lot of like ash brom in the early season for red side there's again that lane is if they're going to keep getting dove they're going to pick the tools that are the anti-dive tools right so i think that's kind mm -hmm. of an interesting like change you're also going to see those late game tanks in top lanes and a lot of noodle flights in top lanes right if it is going to be this solo 1v1 kind of top laner especially with some of the item changes it's either you know you're going to get counterpicked by a fighter or you're just going to pick two tanks top lane and then you're going to look to like fight bot lane or you're going to pick two fighters top lane right it, like you're going to see a lot more parity rather than like fighters into tanks consistently do you think i had not been familiar with the concept of red side champions and blue side champions do you think a map like this kind of starts taking that away yeah you start seeing a lot more champions that are even picked and again when you kind of look at like that that high level uh eventually like you do start focusing on counter picks right everybody saves their counter picks for worlds and then it's like oh my gosh we have this 
I don't even remember like the big pick this year, but like Nautilus mid lane, right? That was a thing even in this past worlds and like AP Nautilus mid lane, you start seeing these like weird and kooky picks, right? You're probably not going to see a lot of that anymore because you can force draft a lot more and be like, no, 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 this is what I want to do. This is our plan that we're going in with. And we're really not going to look to do some counter picks. You'll see that early season because people are going to be like, it's you always see that early seasons, but the meta will start to trickle off and it'll be like, okay, these are the 20 champs that we kind of see within the game. So is that a good thing? Probably because it makes the professional play a little bit more equitable and it forces teams to be even more creative because they have to get out of that equity. But at the same time that it's it's those middle games, you know, instead of this being like the Lions versus the Cowboys this past week, it's like the um, I'm trying to make another football reference if anyone here is big in football, but like it would be the Patriots Jets this week, right? Those are the games that are going to be really, really boring because they're just going to kind of play, you know, very generic league. Anyone football? Anyone get those references? Please tell me. I do a little bit, but that would I... Okay. Bad teams are going to be bad. Good teams are going to be really interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. Go sports ball. Go sports ball. That makes sense. I do enjoy the changes around Dragon Pit, though. That way it's not a gauntlet of death. Just like, oh, you know, they're all going to funnel into the right side of uh, blue, or or like, you know, next to blue buff. Right. Um... And that kind of gets a pinch point if you're on red side and don't have advantage early or vision enough to get around that because you only have two, really two walkways, maybe two or three if you have a strong enough team that can split um, going to dragon. But seeing those two different kind of release points of uh, ways to kind of play around the pit um, is super refreshing, um, especially if we get red side and I'm playing jungler. I can, I'm, I don't feel so like. Don't walk down that. Don't walk down jungle. You're gonna fucking die. Let's give it up. Let's go somewhere else. Rotate. Um, it feels like there's more. You know, it's less one-sided. Just feel, I than just having them give up a few dragons in a row. But what are your thoughts? I'm not sure. Paradox. I'm not sure what, what roles you play or what uh, what kind of you emphasize in. I know you do a lot of analytics and coaching, but if I you do play a lot of support. So I do play a lot of like bot side in general, or I'll Mm -hmm. play like a tank top, right? Like I love my tanks. I love Mm -hmm. just being able to run into team fights and not die. Quite fun. Yeah. This game. So that's sweet. um, I, I, I I like, honestly, I've been playing the game so long. Like I do things to just make it more fun. Right. So I'll typically play with people who are just learning the game and I'll pick something stupid. I'll pick like Mundo support. And then I'm like, all right, you should be doing this. And I'm like running in solo like yeah. trying to teach them how to farm because I'm already like seven and zero because I'm also playing against somebody who is brand new, right? So sound familiar, Taco? When when uh, <laughs> snoozing and I would go fucking Alawi set bot lane. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. Shaco, Shaco can play all lanes. Don't care. That's uh, true my too. favorite. My favorite out of the ordinary one is I play Teemo jungle. That's yeah, been, why not? That's been a good one. You know, I will say Timo's from jungle, he is. From a more um, beginner, I'll still call myself a beginner because it's been less than a year, um, standpoint who plays a lot of Lux mid, the bushes getting moved back is amazing. Because there, yeah, there are times where I would start the game 5-0, and they can't do anything, but I'm getting, it doesn't matter how much I ward those 
river bushes, I'm getting ganked and I can't get out. Did so by they... having them move back even just a little bit, that ward means so much more. And I have those two extra seconds. Now, things that have all in potential are obviously still a threat, but I have more of a chance now to leave and not lose my 5-0, and o, you know? Tyler, you were starting a question. Yeah. I was going to ask if they moved the turrets. It looks like they moved the turrets on the, in these photos. It, they're, they're in the same spot. It's just where the walls are placed, huh? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say. The, the, what I really like about a lot of these changes is there's, there's good and bad casual changes, but you can see that the emphasis was to change things for the professional side, right? right. Make it more of a sport, right? Well, shoot, there is the now... Last time they changed it was 2014 right uh it was visual upgrade with 2014 and you know they've always changed little things and typically because like the jungler has so much emphasis on the first 15 minutes of the game Mm -hmm. that jungle would always see like the biggest changes in these preseasons but you're seeing like map changes to allow for more parity which again allows like they're making it more like a traditional sport than they are you know an esport right right which is great right that allows for more viewability there's nothing worse than overwatch like one of the one of the things i hate about overwatch is the fact that there are more maps right because to to play the game correctly i have to learn every map period i have to know what's good on every map and i have to know where to position i've gotten lost on a on an overwatch map before i'm i'm a-okay saying that i didn't know where i needed to go on hanamura once right like i was like where the call the yeah yesterday i actually yeah. i got completely lost right and there's not some there's not some sort of indicator but now with like league it's like there's a lot of that parody with with how the map looks with the mid lane changes and again this goes back to like good casual good professional the casual side is again like you said the bushes are pushed back that means that you're going to you literally have like an extra half second to react to things happening mm-hmm. right it clicks you faster will, you will see <laughs> the enemy jungler a half second more right it it helps the boomers that play this game right but from the professional side i just got called it, a boomer uh, <laughs> listen i'm older than you um so you know uh i was actually i was gonna make a reference to when we said killing mice of like oh yeah i did plenty of that in the old 95 <laughs> windows 95 game the cat and mouse game anyone else yeah thank you zach see we're old enough um yeah. but by moving the bush back, it doesn't really change that much from the professional scene. You would typically see the support would start roaming, typically on like their you know first back. They're going to end up purchasing either wards or you know they're going to get their sightstone uh, item like or start working towards that. Put it in the dot brush. Put it in the bot lane. Jungler typically does the other dot brush, and you're good, right? Or jungler takes opposite scuttle, puts ward and dot brush on opposite side. You're all good. You know the mid laner just. You know, pink ward one side, regular ward the other side, fine, right? So, for the professional side, though, note the two types of character, well, specifically the one type of character that they're trying to bring back, and that's control mages. Control mages are very flashy, they're very fun to watch, and they're some of the more iconic characters in this game. Syndra, Orianna, Rise. Rise has literally gone through three reworks because he is one of the poster characters for this game. And That's who he, I started out with. Yeah, right? So Lux is another poster child for this game, right? And so it's making them better in those lanes. Annie is another one, you know, 
the Good early one. game mages were typically burst mages, control mages. We're going to see more of those. And how do you typically counter those? With assassins, the other super flashy characters that are in those mid lanes. Gone are essentially those hyper carry uh, mid laners that we started seeing, like the Zoe's that are like these. She's just doing everything, and uh, it's hard to watch, right? Yeah. It's going to be a lot she's more of skill right? expression. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's the, uh, her. Her, the more damage than how far away she is from you. Yeah. So again, it's it's them trying to like, okay, let's start pushing. You know, you can pick this control mage. We're going to give you mat like uh, control advantage, but you're going to lose your lane still. Right, we we still want you to lose your lane, but there's still outplay potential that you can kind of do, and it makes it a little bit easier. Right. I hope the listeners are learning something here because I'm learning way more, and it's not good because I feel like I'm taking a hit of. We, I even, I so I mentioned beforehand. I was like, are we going to even talk about items? Because I have a lot to say about the item change too. So I did want to kind of move on. I. Definitely, probably between sorry, Zach, the four of us in here who play a lot of league, you're good. I probably know the least amount about uh items because I have my mobilytics on when I'm playing and it just tells me what to do, which I enjoy. Those those training wheels still be nice. Um, and so with the new season, they've removed mythic items, they no longer exist, they're all now legendary, which opens up a new possibility for how to do builds. I know they've also removed some pretty, uh, like, items that are used a lot. I know Gore Drinker was on that list, um, which I heard a lot about, especially for tanky characters, if I'm well, not I think all the mistaken. mythics are still there. It's just that you... Yep, you, they're a legendary they're now. Myth- yeah. Yep, the mythics don't exist, but they did add and subtract, I think, like they do most seasons, um, different items. So... It took out Gore Drinker? Gore Drinker is not in the game right now. Whole, that fucking uh, sucks. Divine Sunderer is out now, too. Yeah, that fucking like sucks. Four. Yeah, you know, Split Pushers. Gale Force is now out, too, for, you know, ADCs. Right, so you won't catch me playing tank anytime soon yeah. up top. They also, um, a lot of the um, passives, like, or like the unique passives are getting kind of changed around, and then, like, the unique stats, or whatever you call them, um, like I think the legendaries and mythics have four. They're starting to get, they're starting to kind of equalize all those just where every item has three, so that there's no unique like fourth thing that everyone has to build. They're kind of making it more of um, uh, like not just saying they want to emphasize changing a build rather than everyone rushing the same item and then see who can snowball faster than anybody else. Damn, which I so which I enjoy because I'm tired of seeing the same three items built for yeah, every lane. You're right. You're right. But, I mean, change is good. Change is bad. It depends how you look at it. The idea behind Mythics was good when they mm-hmm. first kind of talked about the blog post, which was, again, to make it easier for balance changes. Oh, is, you know, the on-hit ADC doing too much? Well, we'll nerf the on-hit Mythic, right? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll nerf the attack speed Mythic. Oh, are, you know, Assassin's not doing well? Then we'll buff the lethality Mythic, right? But then you started having, like, too many items where it was like, okay, these both do lethality. I'm just going to pick the better one because my character wants to do that. Oh, my character doesn't use this as efficiently. Well, then, you know, they're just a dead character, right? So mm-hmm. they ran into you to like do that right. 
and it would have been kind of meh because League has always been unique in like a sensory overload sense. Like, I think that's why I like it is there's so much to learn and so much to look at, but in like so much uniqueness with all the characters and everything. But uh, if you had like you would have to have like one lethality item. Like, one AD lethality, one AP lethality, like, one that had to do with an attack speed mythic buff, one that had to do with uh, health per second, one that had to do with health, right? You couldn't have these multiples that kind of happen. Leandris is a good example where a lot of the characters that wanted to originally build Leandris weren't efficient users of Leandris because it gave CDR. Rumble was one of the most efficient users of Leandris, and there was a long time where that character struggled. Because he had to build Night Harvester because, again, or Hextech Protobelt, because, like, Leandris just didn't work for him. And then they finally changed Leandris, and he was, like, one of the number one picked characters in Worlds this past year. Because they made it more, you know, applicable to him how the old Leandris worked. Which they are reverting back to the really old Leandris for us, Jimmy. So, mm-hmm. Zach, how are you feeling with all these item names? You know, I'm actually keeping up more than I thought I would. Good. Good. Sweet. Yeah, I um, I have an interesting right, let's approach. Let's confuse them and start using the full names of all these items. <laughs> no. Oh God, <laughs> I don't even know the full names. Let's be real. No, I don't. Like, no. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. I um, I feel kind of um, I play this game a lot. I wish there was a more accurate way to track hours, like Steam does or whatever the other launchers do. Um, I don't know how many hours I had in this game. Thousands for sure. Um, of all lanes, but. My brain is kind of like learning. It's kind of like learning a new language. Like Zach probably feels like he's learning a new language, um, and then in twelve years, none of these words make any sense because they're all changed and gone and different. I learned original items. I like you know. I built my own room pages. We I played on Twisted Treeline. I you know there's so many things that I'm so I, you know it's it feels like it was yesterday, but it's now it's thirteen years ago. That I'm so used to that when Matthew, uh, Tacos, and Knox talk about items, it's like they're learning them as they are right now, and I know them as oh that was removed a while ago. You know, there's no pink wards, there's no there's no none of this, there's no there's no pots or you know there's no more, um, you know mana pots kind of thing. So I struggled with learning all these new items, um, but maybe this season I'll take it seriously and call shit by name rather than being like I don't fucking know. Just click on it. <laughs> just I'm, I just got so used to building default. And then kind of going along with the changes that um, I don't think about what it's called. I just know what I need. But I'm not sure. Yeah, go ahead. I'm hoping to uh, steer us in a different direction just for a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. Try and make this a shorter conversation. But um, (laughs) uh, League has now lasted 13 years and 14 years, 14 years. Mm -hmm. And very, very few games get the opportunity to last that long. Mm hmm and still have a dedicated fan base. I mean, Nox, you started last year, like you're still attracting new players 14 years later. What is it that makes League special like that? And is this a role model that other online games should be looking at and following? Other than Pokemon Unite and the other MOBAs. I think something like I touched on very early when talking about how I got into it and why I keep playing it is obviously I come from Overwatch. That's where I started. Um, And I still love that game, at least for what it was at this point. Um, I do think as someone like me who wants to be overstimulated and have so much to learn, 
Overwatch has its point. I can pretty much go down the roster, at least before, I'll say before Overwatch 2 launched, and tell you everything there is to know about every single one of those characters, where to position them on most maps, how their abilities work. I could even tell you lore. I knew what there was to know about that game, where I feel like League, for better or for worse, makes changes to their items. There's so many different champions to learn that I, it feels like there's always something new. There's always something changing. There's always a new strategy to develop or a new character to learn and new builds to try that there really is seemingly, I mean, you guys have been around for 13 years. I've been around for nine months. It seems like there's an infinite, infinite amount to learn and to do and to create within this Mm -hmm. game. I think that's a very valid point. I think um, on top of that, like all the differences, um, one thing is it's the same Summoner's Rift every time. Like this, this, I think it's the same reason why we play, or I play way too much Rock League and Diablo, and those are all, this is your map, this is what you're going to do, these are your options. And for me, it's uh, like the highest high skill cap possible without play maneuvers and, strate- like in, and strategy, basically. So those all combine along with the ever-changing patches and updates and champions and whatnot. I think I more root on the consistency and knowing that my play style is going to just get better based on how I play and the choices I make in the game versus like like new item, let's build, let's figure out how it's going to do. I think I, I kind of root in the consistency of it's up to me to get better and that's my skill ceiling and I can only carry or assist my teammates if I do these things to uh, raise that threshold. But I think also, Nock, what you brought up was a good point about how it is kind of ever-changing on a constant plane. I find that comment really interesting because uh, a few months ago, or gosh, it's been about a year now, I think for the beginning of Season 3, Overwatch got rid of map pools because the player base wanted more freedom with maps. They wanted more Mm. maps more often. Hmm. But I also think that's what Overwatch Overwatch is grounded in. Yes. We've always had the maps. Whereas if every single game was played on King's Row... Oh, we'd be begging for map pools. Yes. Right. <laughs> oh, I still want my, you know, Trissel Tree Line back and my other Dominion maps. And I, I want, I wish there was more diversity in the maps of League. We have Arena, we get like the Earth modes and whatnot, but ARAM uh, as well. ARAM is cool. Um, pe- I think some people that I play with all the time don't like ARAM, but I think it's fun. Uh, but yeah, some, I wish there was a little bit more casual variants, but Summoner's Rift, Summoner's Rift, and that's. What I go to. Taco, your thoughts? I'm going to be real with you. I've spent like the last 20 minutes trying to find Jim's hours played because now I'm curious. (laughs) (laughs) It's also across two accounts. Yeah, Yeah. probably. Um, Can you repeat the question? (laughs) So what do you think keeps you coming back to League and what do you think, if anything, other games should be learning from League of Legends? To be honest with you, um, there was in my like peak of playing it last year, I was I conned a lot of new people into getting it, and I had been taught a lot from Twin and his brother and everyone we had played with um, that I started teaching people the basics of the game because they got exhausted teaching them the basics. Uh, and so there was sort of this like self-fulfilling prophecy moment within myself uh, that I think was really dragging me back into the game because as soon as we stopped playing with new people, it sort of started to die off for us at least. 
Um, Briar was definitely one of those big ones, especially when I was playing with people that were like on par with Twin. And I would play Briar, and they're like, no, nah, Briar ain't a good pick here. And I was like, watch me. And I would drop 30 kills in a game with them. So that was that was just fun because they kept saying that she's nerfed, she's nerfed, she's not worth it. She's always worth it. I can fix her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Solid dating strategy there. Uh, definitely no problems at all. Uh, Paradox, your thoughts? Yeah. Riot's development cycle is consistent. So it's kind of like a consistent product. I think that's honestly been one of their biggest strengths as a game company where... People lost a lot of confidence in Overwatch, you know, uh, once they you were trying to, you know, the delays with Overwatch 2. Uh, mm-hmm. People have lost confidence within Epic Games because, again, they've typically catered towards a very young audience, um, you know, with both Rocket League and Fortnite. So, like, Riot kind of stands as I know that in two weeks, this is probably going to change and there's going to be something significant enough to either push one of my favorite characters back into the meta or push one of my favorite characters out of the meta, right? Also, the release cycle on Champions, they now have that down after a very long time. Um, I'm sure, you know, Jimmy remembers when we were getting new Champions once a month. Yeah. There I, was... back, I went back and did some research before this podcast and I looked at Champion releases and we'd get 16 to 20 in a year. Or we would get, you know, big yeah. drops. And now we're down to three, two, sometime. Like, we haven't got... Yeah. Go it's ahead, like sorry. four and then two changes. Like, two visual yeah. upgrades slash, you know, uh, gameplay updates, right? Yep. To old champions. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, basically like six characters a year at most with mm-hmm. two predetermined ones. Yeah. Versus, you know, when... One of, like, the big moments when I came back was the Freljord event. Trundle mm-hmm. had a visual upgrade. Lissandra was released. And there was one other Volibear Bear was released and there was one mm-hmm. other character that was released at that time. And I can't even think of it right now. Yep. I right. remember uh, sitting in my freshman year high school graphics design class and I made a digital art com like a digital art project based on the song Get Jinxed because Jinx was just came out along with I think that was Jinx Brahm and probably 10 other champions that that was like we were just anticipating releases every month. And that was just like the norm was like new champions in no ch- limited changes visual updates whatnot but now it's a lot more kind of thought out and ingrained and like we, we know what to expect like you were saying yeah and that was another piece that i was going to touch on too really briefly is you know they're very good at targeting a wide demographic right let's mm-hmm. throw a character out there let's make them somewhat unique and mm-hmm. they become somebody's favorite champion very quickly right mm-hmm. from this conversation i've gotten you like you like to shake a one trick yeah yeah oh yeah yeah right <laughs> yep. i i like i like my big monster people right mm-hmm. like my favorite characters are volibear nautilus sejuani mundo mm-hmm. cho'gath right like big scion right the big beefy yep. monster dudes right Orn, right why because it's just cool it's cool to play them that's what i feel like right mm-hmm. so but you have other people where you know they can there's there's all different types of things right mm-hmm. um and i know this is technically like swearing but like there's plenty of people that you know they cater to certain fetishes as well like and that's actually a good thing yeah. for <laughs> the game like i'm sorry i'm I, it's it's true right? they like, covered they covered the feet they covered dogs feet. are out <laughs> they cover like i hate to say it but like there is Paradox that lolly demographic. There is that like beefy mama. On this podcast and it ended poorly. I'm Correct. just saying, like, it's 
like those specific things, right? It like it, it still caters to the person that no other game has really done. Like Valorant, I'm still waiting for them to create a non-humanoid in Valorant. In mm. Overwatch, they're really what Orisa? That's your non-humanoid, right? Roadhog. Roadhog. Uh, no, he's, he's a humanoid. He's human. Pig. Oh, he is. He's mm-hmm. you know like you know they they are. Zenyatta's a like robot. These... <laughs> yeah, but humanoid robot. He's humanoid. Like, it, it, it's getting beyond the two legs, two arms. Right. Battle it's cattle. Still... That that hasn't like bridged in a lot of these other games. There's so much uniqueness in this with like you have the high fantasy people, you have the sci-fi people, right? You have so I actually have a slight 166 champions. By the Can way. I add uh, yeah. one thing real quick? I think um, with Riot, um, I don't I have not seen like Epic Games came in the last few years and steamrolled most developers and took over some stuff, which they're doing some cool stuff. I guess I played kind of most of their games, but Riot made a Netflix series. I don't see I don't see a game developer other than. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's some game developers in the past who made movies or whatnot, like Halo and has one. Um, but we don't need to talk about that TV show. Riot. I know. I don't want to talk about it either. Halo was bad. <laughs> I'm a diehard fan. I watched it, but not proud of it. But the uh, the Riot made a pretty legit, lore accurate backstory on a lot of champions that people love. So you know, that, I don't see I don't, I don't see a developer putting that effort towards their purely entertainment population like credit wow factor do. say Overwatch, what uh, credit words do overwatch did actually try it this past august did they i haven't i have i dropped overwatch sadly but i haven't kept up with what they're doing yeah they did a little mm. anime uh series on youtube and i think it was they only did two episodes but it was actually blizzard, really well done blizzard does a good job at like marketing with the cinematics and the cinematic oh, diablo is phenomenal really for cinematics. Yeah. yeah you know and that mm-hmm. is something that blizzard has always done well um mm-hmm. especially when they do um, you know, I'm not super familiar with WoW and what they do, but I do know that their cinematics are basically championed the the world over. Um, yeah. working with companies like Blur, um, because that is my more my realm. Uh, Blur is a very well known studio, and we all probably know their work in one way or another. Uh, they also did all the cinematics for Halo Two, the yeah. MCC redone mm-hmm. ones. But Riot's a little more consistent. Mm. That was going to be my next big thing, right? Is there a little like the Kiriko one that was phenomenal for Overwatch? There was a lot of Kiriko stuff, and she's yep. a very popular character because of that. But like, they got me. Yeah. Like, the Kiriko um, cinematic made me cry. Yeah. Like, it was phenomenal, right? But Jinx, she's got her, you know, music video. Brahms got his own little music video. The gin release, right? Like, I know, Jimmy, you and I can geek out over the gin release, but like, where, oh my gosh, you know, all of these fans of the game, they thought they permanently killed four characters, right? Yeah. There was a week that, because in the lore, Gangplank died, you could not play Gangplank. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like, it was, it actually it had like, very mixed reviews on it, but it's still, yeah. they kept trying, and it made news, like Kotaku covered it, or whatever the, you know, news outlets, the yeah. Game Informers, right? Like yeah. all of those different sites still covered those things, right? They're mm-hmm. very good at understanding their market and marketing to that. Let's uh let's try and wrap this whole up. So uh this whole thing up. So just go around and quickly is Riot going and changing the map, making these big changes for season 14 a positive or a negative and just few few quick words as to why or why not. 
start with you, Paradox. Sure. Um, I think overall it will be a net positive for the area that they want it to be, which I think they are heavily trying to focus on that competitive side. They're trying to make it more like a traditional sport because they do see that there's money in sponsorships coming to their esport to kind of fund that realm, which funds the marketing for more people to play, right? You wouldn't really see PWA football players or you wouldn't see those Saturday or what are those travel teams for people that are in high schools unless there was something to play for, which is, hey, I might go pro or semi-pro, right? Mm -hmm. Those, I think they're doing a fantastic job there. I do think that the casual changes will be very polarizing. There's a couple of things that we didn't necessarily get to peek on. The game seems very snowbally in some of its aspects, but it does seem to have made really good changes that casuals have like wanted and needed that like really don't affect the overall scope of the professional side. I know we didn't touch on it, but uh, Pokemon Unite, I know, plays very, very similar to League, and I know a tiny bit about that. Uh, is it Zapdos that spawns? And basically, if you... Uh, Zapdos, Zapdos is Baron in, yeah. in really rough terms, but, like, Baron doesn't automatically end the game, but, like, Zapdos pretty much ends the game. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, Which that is, is a, a balance issue, but that's that's different. Oh, yeah, and that's something we could discuss on another episode. I mean, like some of the barren changes here, you know, love to discuss them, but like that can be another time. And, um, but like, again, it's it's I think that overall the map changes, it's trying to make it more equitable. It looks more like a football field. It's even on both sides rather mm -hmm. than, as um, Taco mentioned, like cutting it down the middle and mirroring it that way. Mm -hmm. And I think that will make it so that the game has more of a correct way of being played, which will make it more interesting for like the high tier of play but i think that there will be a lot more polarizing things that happen in casual play that they will need to eventually address taco um yeah i mean the way i see it right now is it's all kind of up in the air because this has been like majorly one of the biggest changes that will affect both sides kind of like what paradox is talking about where you're gonna see this change affect the casual player side and the professional player side and it's going to affect it in different ways so i mean as for right now for me um i think at at first like with everything it's going to be hit with mixed reviews but um i think you're going to see sort of a real shift in how the game is played cuz you're going to see um kind of like when siege releases a new champion or a new map it doesn't matter if you're brand new to the game or have been playing it for the last 10 years you don't know anything about the map if you haven't played it you don't know it and there's a lot of similarities in like between the summoner rift maps um but there's it's going to be a big learning curve and it's only time will tell if it was a good idea or a bad idea jimmy I think it's exciting. We haven't had a map change in a while. So I think uh, kind of just to echo chamber this, pro and casual will be different. Um, I think it'd be more fun to watch. I'm looking forward to the pro scene this coming up split. Um, but I think just from a personal perspective of seeing a map change is going to be exciting to learn where to put my boxes and how to outplay people. But uh, I think there'd be some changes for sure about how we approach um lane management and uh the champions we choose and how they correspond with their teammates uh, i think it'll be a, a rolling of 
oh, this kind of this kind of tough, or we don't like this. We like, I think overall, it's going to become a league that we know it in five years. I don't think they're going to change the map. So I think it, it, it's going to it's going to be very, I think, well received once everyone gets over the changes bad curve. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Knox. I think it'll be positive. Um, as I've touched on, and I think Paradox has touched on, league players are drawn to this game and stay because there's so much to learn and because there's so much to create. And while change is scary and people might not receive it well immediately because it's new, it's something new to learn. It's new play. It's a new space to create strategy. It's a new space to figure out what builds work. I think it'll charge the game in a new way to not only allow new players and fairly new players to have something new to learn again, but also have the long time people playing have something to work for to relearn something new. Um, One thing I'd like to mention, we didn't unfortunately get to this change, but my favorite change from season 14 is that you can now ride Rift Herald. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can now ride Rift Herald to hit the towers. So uh, that's the best change they've made. And I'm very excited to try it out. I can't wait. Any quick comments on that one? (laughs) Apparently briefing. No, we only get one Rift Herald now. Orissa. In Overwatch. Ah, uh, yes. League did it first, but we can still accomplish it in Overwatch. Blizzard, no, one, please. One up League. Don't just let us ride Orissa. Let us hold her staff. No, no, no. The best part of that one is that Hanzo has a voice line specifically addressing the fact that he wants to, that he wants to ride Orissa into battle. Okay, well, no, that's just Rissa for Rule 34. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Alrighty then. Um, so I guess we're going to start wrapping things up then. We're going to go into our last segment, our usual one. Uh, we like to call it the real world. We just what? kind of... I know, right? It's crazy. <laughs> uh, we just talk about things that are going on in our life, things that we're watching, things that we're listening to, things we're reading, you know, things that may or may not be related to video games. Oftentimes they aren't. And just vibe out for a couple minutes. I'll kick it off. Um so, uh, <laughs> me and my lovely boyfriend had our three-year anniversary the last few days. Aww. Yeah, love. Um, we decided in lieu of... Sorry. <laughs> in... Sorry, Editor Zach. Um, in lieu of presents, we have decided to instead, sp- instead spend money and get tickets to go see Hamilton down in Chicago this in two weeks. So... I'm not going to bore everyone with my book recommendations this time. I do it enough, but I'm very excited for that trip, and I will report back when we uh, we come back. It will be my second time seeing the show as well, so I'm stoked. Sweet. Nice. Lovely. Taco? Um, shoot. What's going on with me? A lot has changed. This year has been freaking crazy. Um, kind of starting like, off on a high note, so week. hopefully it keeps going up from here, or at least flat lines out just don't let it go down it's been um, less than a week i know, <laughs> I know. four days my man i know yeah, right you I get know. that's the can you see this the stress of oh is this gonna last um no uh life's been good i started a new job as a temporary idea as like a temporary thing um and then by my second day was getting the call for the start of my career. Um, so that's been fun. I've been interviewing for that. 
Um, that's pretty much it. I told a bunch of stuff. It's going to be funny because there's going to be this gap between the last two episodes I'm on because this is going up after the last one, right? Or is this the this first one? Go, no, this one goes up tomorrow. Right. So, so this your one's story sound about the boring Jeep as hell. And then, like, is the two, next one. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody can look forward to that one next week. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So those are going to be out of time. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, <laughs> that's how I started my year off. <laughs> <laughs> uh 2023 just biting me in the ass as it was on its way out yeah, um, sure. literally it was on the first um yeah no that's pretty much it that's all i got going on jimmy how about you what do you got going on it's been a minute it's been a hot minute i know um i start classes next monday uh i start seeing mm-hmm. clients at the end of the month what? Exciting. More yep. than just me? I, yeah. <laughs> uh, by the end of this, Jimmy's going to be my contracted therapist. Thank you yep, for the free health care in advance. Always there. <laughs> um, and other than that, I've just been... I started a new job at a crisis center. Uh, I still do my firefighting stuff. Uh... Still He's just an overall report. good guy. I'm just doing it. I'm just staying busy. <laughs> Settle <laughs> down, ladies. He's taken. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, lady. Uh, yeah, nothing, nothing a whole bunch new. Uh, just doing the things. So, Paradox, playing how league. You? Playing league. <laughs> uh, this question's always hard, because my job is video games yeah. to a certain extent. So... Um, but technically I did my weigh in yesterday and I've officially lost 62 pounds. Nice. nice. Pretty cool. Um, so I'm back to my weight roughly when I was in middle school, which is pretty crazy to think about. So that's been fun. Um, right before January, I also ran a 920 mile, which I've never run a mile under 10 minutes. So that was really cool. So I hit like two really cool goals. Been doing my fitness journey since August ish now. Of last July. Year? It's been pretty cool. Oh, so, good for you. Yeah. I don't have much it. going on, unfortunately. So uh, know, I'm just going to tell a story about Paradox and see if we can embarrass him on this podcast. Because <laughs> he, uh, he, he reminded me of it just now. So uh, back in 2020, when the pandemic happened, uh, we, Paradox and I were streaming to. Help, help, uh, oh god, oh, which organization was it? <laughs> okay, continue, uh, sorry. W- which organization was it that we were doing it for? Was that? It was a American Cancer Association based on, I had a, one of my jobs, they were doing some sort of charity thing, yeah. Okay, no, and it was, we were all streaming for it, and we were doing competitions, we were doing them once a week for, I think it was eight weeks was the original run of it. Um, however, about week four, somewhere around there, uh, we're all streaming and we're all trying to catch Pokemon and Pixelmon and uh, really looking hard, looking hard. And uh, there's actually a great clip of Paradox as he's streaming, just suddenly turning pale, completely losing all color in his face. And the rest of us are all chatting and he's just clearly having this crisis and he's not saying anything to any of us. And at that moment, a shiny Whalmer crosses onto his screen. So very, very calmly, he goes, he catches this Whalmer, 
says, all right, guys, I'm out. I have to leave. I'll talk to you later. Walks away, leaves a stream running. Doesn't explain to any of us what's happening. I get a text from his wife a little bit later. Yeah, we're at the hospital. Uh, kidney stones? Yep. <laughs> oh my god. So, and I've got that clip saved forever. <laughs> oh, I have it. It's on my Twitch still because it's still super funny. <laughs> like, it's absolutely freaking hilarious. Yeah. Look, luckily, it hasn't been a problem for a while. Nope. So, I'd like to keep it funny. that way. Cool All right. Hmm? Oh, we right. got everyone. We got everyone. Thanks, yeah. everyone, for joining us. Hope you enjoyed our discussion today. Uh, we're releasing these episodes weekly. If that's not often enough for you, then you can come on into our Snowflake Sanctuary Discord server. Join in the conversation. We're usually here. Um, if you want to offer your own insights, you have any ideas that you want to hear about on the show, or you just think we sound like a cool group of people, click the link down in the description, down in the doobly-doo, for those who know that. Jimmy, Paradox, Taco, thank you guys for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you I so much. So. Uh, thanks everyone to listening to us and uh, hope to see you for the next one. Bye. Bye. Two hands, two hands, two guys. Hands. Two hands. That's two cool. hands. <laughs> <laughs>